0: Welcome to "I Want to Put a Baby in You," a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman.
1: Welcome to "I Want to Put a Baby in You," a podcast about all things assisted reproductive technology. Uh, Jen, have you yes. seen Hamilton? Which, of course, comes up because it was recently released to um, to TV to Disney Plus. I know. Yes. Well, th- have you seen it?
2: Uh, I I have. I have seen it actually uh, performed in <gasps> Chicago. Wow. I know. Wow. I you took, were special. We, we went to actually the Men Having Babies Conference. So it was all assisted reproductive technology related. All things loops back, right? <laughs> um, I went to that conference, but you did not take me to Hamilton. You Ouch. did go to that conference. You flew out right afterwards and my daughter had come with me. And so she and I stayed and watched Hamilton. And we actually stayed and hung around Chicago for a couple of days afterwards because it was a school break for her.
1: So. I try when they first came to Denver, I tried desperately to get tickets and it was like, your number 10,042 or something.
2: I I don't even know how we pulled it off, quite honestly, because we only decided the week before to go. And so it was just absolute dumb, blind luck that we were able to go, which is probably going to land me a lot of hate mail right now. But, you know, that's okay.
0: So Um, are you
2: you watching it over and over again now on Disney Plus? So I have seen it and we did actually subscribe to Disney Plus because it was coming out on <laughs> Disney Plus, nice so, job, Disney Plus. Uh, right, good snag for Disney. Uh, and we have watched it several times. I also have the soundtrack that I listen to on repeat in my car. Quite honestly, so I don't don't listen to our own podcast. I listen to the Hamilton soundtrack. Can I
1: just know something that really confuses me about Disney Plus and all the different services? So my kids really like the zombies movie. There's zombies and zombies 2. It's like okay. Twilight but cuter, um, <laughs> but. So Disney Plus, I think, has Zombies 2 or Zombies 1. But then I have to go to, like, On Demand or Netflix for the other one. It's very strange that they're not that in is the same odd. place.
2: And I find that a lot with movies. Weird. All right. I guess don't have enough services that need multi- uh, multi-items I don't know <laughs> right sorry but we have anyway right, so yeah, have you so seen it oh yes
1: no, no, you have to answer too Yes. sorry um I had not I had never had a chance to see it before Disney plus and now have watched it repeatedly and every time we're in the car I make the kids listen to the soundtrack over and over again um do you have a favorite song from it
2: oh gosh I don't know I think from when I saw it live I can't remember what the name of the song is but where it goes boom repeatedly when they're at, at, at the actual battle the entire theater shook the entire time it's very different listening to the soundtrack or watching it on the movie but when we watched it live i i mean like almost brought me to tears because it was like so visceral every time you felt that because the theater would just shake with the boom it was incredible
3: wow.
1: I'm I'm personally really feeling weight for it right now, even though it's, you know, Aaron Burr singing it.
2: but I do love that it. song, too. I sing that one quite often. So, yes.
1: OK, but we have great guests. Right. Let's get on to our amazing guests and let's go with it. Here we go. Welcome, Jen and Holly, to the podcast. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: And I feel like this is such a special episode of talking about your family and just really what I mean, one, is so fresh because you have a newborn on your lap. Is that right? <laughs> like within a few weeks. And so, so hopefully we'll hear some baby noises throughout. Yeah, maybe. Happy so baby noises. You, you, um, you know, say out of a fog is because you probably haven't slept in a couple of weeks. But, so all, all forgiven.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely have not slept in like ever. Three weeks. Three
3: weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. you,
0: to start, do you guys just want to give like a brief
1: introduction of, you know, who you are and then maybe how you met?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, this is Jen. Um, I'm um, a realtor in, in Denver, and Holly is a nurse in Denver. Um, and we met... Through mutual friends. <laughs> through mutual friends. Like, I was just thinking almost 10 years.
1: I was hoping for like a house opening or something where she's like...
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> or you were you her patient for a nurse? Sorry, funny story. I was having an open house, and no, I'm kidding. You were not a realtor when we met. No. Got it. a okay, baby. Um, I was actually oh. in—I was in pastry school when we met. I think. Oh yeah, oh, nice. That's so I do have a pastry degree. If you guys ever need a cake,
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely.
0: <laughs> I do like to have
1: sperm cookies made and sent to people. So uh, I yeah, I can
0: make some sperm cookies. That's totally doable.
1: <laughs> and I, by that I mean sperm-shaped, not ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm
2: awesome. so sorry. The baby just spit up a little bit. I'll be right back. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, it it's okay. This is life.
3: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Jen, now that Holly's gone, what was
1: your first impression of her? How did, when did you know that it was?
0: Um, I don't think I knew on our first date that we were going to get married, but she definitely asked me on our first date if I wanted kids. And I was like, uh, yeah, she's like, great. We can see each other again. And I was like, okay.
1: wow. And that oh, was well, I, like, one of my questions of when that came up, but sure enough, first date. And you were the one being like, Oh, maybe I okay.
0: Yeah, well, we're six years apart. So, um I was twenty two, I think, when we met, and Holly was twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, and so I think she very much was like, I'm done wasting my time with people who don't want kids. Yeah. And had Never. you put,
1: had you put any thought into it before that time
0: or? Oh yeah, no, I've I've always known I've wanted kids since I was, you know little like I've always wanted wanted kids um so yeah I already knew I wasn't like let me think about it and then I'll get back to you (laughs) yeah and did you know early
1: on like well I want to be I want to marry a woman and so I'm gonna have to come up with a a different plan
0: then um yeah so I actually came out when I was 15 Mm -hmm. um so I knew for a long time that you know, I, I didn't really think, like, I knew, like, okay, one day I'm going to meet the one of my dreams, and we're going to have a family, but I didn't really think of, like, the ins and outs of how that family would happen.
2: The yeah. logistics? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I just figured, like, we'd figure it out, and that's, like, basically kind of what happened. And had you, like, thought of that?
3: About yeah. how to have a
0: family? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I just figured we'd do it exactly how we did.
3: it. <laughs> I know. <Yeah>. Uh- no. <laughs> and... Um, Holly,
1: if if you're available to answer this, um, was that your standard first uh, first date question, or did it kind of evolve to that? Were you like, okay, I'm just going to cut people out right away if they don't make sense for what I want in my life?
3: I don't think I was going on a lot of dates. Really, (laughs) Uh, obviously, I was rusty, and that's why I asked that question.
0: But also, she was in nursing school and working like 40 hours on top of it. So, yeah, she had a lot going on.
1: So you meet, you get married. How did that conversation about your family evolve from there?
0: Um, so just a side note, we actually, so we met and then a couple years later got married, but we actually had three weddings because it was Ooh. Like oh, wow. yeah. Tell, tell us about your three weddings. Um, so our first was May 1st, 2013 was the first date was legal in Colorado. Civil unions. Civil unions were legal. Mm -hmm. Um, we got married that day and then, um, September of that year, we had like a big non-legal wedding, but there were, you know, a hundred people there and it was just like our, like celebration with our, our friends and family. And then, um, in June of 2014 or July, I guess, of 2014, um, it became federally legal. So we got married July 1st, um, in, in LA. Um, and so that was just like, you know the two of us in my mom's backyard with mm. like, my mom and my grandma. Oh, um, love it. yeah. And then we were, we had a bunch of my friends that couldn't make it to the wedding in Colorado, um, come out. But so, yeah, yeah, that was like its own crazy thing. But, um, when we went to get our names changed, uh, to change our last names, they actually told us that because at that point we'd only had <gasps> a civil union, our marriage wasn't legal and we couldn't change our names.
2: Mm. Oh,
0: and so, and we, you know, left in tears and uh, came back when we were federally legally married, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're valid. You're you're actually real people. You can you can do this."
1: Wow, that's amazing. So,
0: sorry for the tangent, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: Definitely. Uh,
0: When's the fourth one? <laughs> <laughs> our rabbi actually like really wants us to get married with him because he wasn't there for the other ones mm-hmm. and we're like
1: um. <laughs> I mean you're pros now so okay. uh, when you when you celebrate an anniversary what do you celebrate
0: uh, the biggest the 20 uh, September 29 is the one that we celebrate cause it was like our biggest one and then the other mm-hmm. ones we kind of forget like oh it's July 1st
1: uh, yeah. right, coming up
3: yeah exactly. I'm so sorry he's um, no no you're great. He's trying to eat yeah <laughs> <No.
2: laughs> um, awesome no we we love babies. this is good. this is the whole point of this right so so how how did your process come around that you this process that you didn't envision like where did the discussions go from there about actually how you were planning on having children
3: oh um so we got married when I was uh, 31, I think, and then, or 30. And then I didn't get pregnant until I was 34 because Jen was so young and she wanted to wait. And I think, like, it's okay, baby. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry. No, um, I think I just realized I was, you know, getting older and it was only going to get more difficult to conceive. So we, uh, a good friend of mine from nursing school ended up working at a, a, a reproductive clinic. So we oh, reached out to her. So I think we made our first appointment on, um, in December of 2016 and then we conceived via IUI in March of 2017. Wow. And it's always,
1: I always enjoy asking, like, how did you choose your sperm? Because I feel like there's so <laughs> there's like these profiles, and these criteria. How did you guys make that yes, decision?
0: That's, it's, it's really good. It's like the shopping for like the weirdest pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. In life Because we like, I honestly, I think the first night we ever looked, it was just like, a, let's take a peek. It'll be fun. And then we just and we'd had some wine and we just ended up laughing at all these profiles. Cause we were like, this kind of deal." like there are these, these guys. And they just basically tell you about them. And <laughs> when you're done, you pick the sperm, but mm-hmm. that was like six months before we actually seriously, um, you know, went back and thought about it, but there's so many weird parts to it. There's so many different sperm banks out there. You really have to think about like what genetics do you want your kids to have? Um, Breast cancer is really prevalent in my family on both sides. And so it was important for us to have someone just in case I did use the same sperm um, that didn't have a history of breast cancer. Because we didn't want to set up our kids for failure, you know, right out the gate. Um, I have like a 37% lifetime risk of getting it. And so I didn't want to add, I didn't want to complicate that. So really health was like one of the biggest factors I felt like for us. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he has like a really um, clean <laughs> family, his medical history. And then also, even though it's a cryobank, he's an open donor, which he's anonymous now. To uh, He's always going to be anonymous to us. But if our children wanted to meet him when they're 18, theoretically, they can reach out to him. So, um, I mean, that's what he signed up for because some of them choose to be completely anonymous. So I didn't want to strip them of, you know, that possibility just in case it was something that they wanted to do someday. Right.
1: And was that kind of high on your criteria of choosing that they'd be willing to have that
3: openness? I think we only looked at open donors. Well, no, when
0: we first looked, um, we were like, no, no, we want an anonymous closed donor because we don't want um, this other person who could possibly come in and like basically tell us how to have our family and then we thought about it and we were like wait a second it's not fair for us to take that from our kids because if they one day want to say you know hey tom or whatever Mm -hmm. um you know did you name him like colloquially like we'll just refer to
1: him as
3: tom i think was brian yeah we used to call him brian (laughs) Uh, the thing is he couldn't he we can't reach out to him and he can't reach out to us mm -hmm. so he can't step into our family it would just be if one of the kids wanted to meet him someday yeah. as adults. so Do
1: they, do they tell you whether he already, whether there's already children conceived? Yeah that, as far? Was,
3: yeah. that was another really important thing. I know I'm remembering this correctly. We only were willing to pick donors who had already gotten someone pregnant or already had a reported pregnancy because I was just nervous. You know, I was going to be 35 and my, all of my lab values were within normal limits, but they were like, you know, I wasn't getting any younger is basically what they told me. So.
0: Actually, I believe they said that like, they literally were like, thank God you're here. You're very in function of that of a geriatric. No. no. Wow.
3: (laughs) They basically said it would have been really, this could have been really hard if you waited a few more years. So, um, so yeah, we wanted someone with reported pregnancies. So I can't remember what else we read. Well, initially we we were very short sighted, and mm-hmm. we were just thinking. Since I was going to carry first, we picked someone who kind of resembled. This is Holly. Sorry, we picked someone who <sighs> kind of resembled Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we ended up using the same sperm for Jen. <laughs>
0: and so your son looks like you or Holly. Oh, yeah. He looks like me. <sighs> look like the donor at all or his sister but it, uh, my our daughter looks like me so it's, yeah it's, so it's yeah but like she also looks like the donor because we have childhood photos of him we don't have adult photos all they give you is childhood photos um at this specific cryobank and like our daughter looks exactly like holly but also exactly like the donor it's so weird wow you
3: know, we don't
0: look that much alike, the donor and I, because the point was to look like you. I know, but we didn't like mess that up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Did your cryobank provide connections if you wanted it to the other children? Like, do you have an option to connect and have you explored that?
0: Yes. Yeah. We recently um, actually met uh, via the internet, not in person, but uh, a bunch of the other moms um, with with kids with the same donor and it's really cool. Yeah. Do you guys do you call them diblings? That's how we were saying. Yeah, they're they're awesome. And when I was pregnant, I reached out and said like, hey, my baby is measuring huge. Like, did any of your um, you know, male babies measure large? And they were like, oh yeah, no, they were like 10 to 12 pound babies. Luckily, <laughs> he was
2: not. He was seven. <laughs> I was like, that's terrifying, right? <laughs> I <Right. laughs> was eight,
0: but we thought he was going to be more like nine and a half when he was born. But he was two weeks early. Yeah. Um,
2: um,
0: so, yeah, it was. But it's it's really cool because, like, all of the kids seem to, they all seem to be left left handed and they all Ooh. seem to not like their hands getting dirty <laughs> and like not huh. like being messy. And it's just interesting to to see the differences, and a lot of them have the
2: same similarities. Really, Is the, yeah. was the donor left-handed? Also, yeah,
0: I <sighs> remembered that.
3: That was not that was not something we were like he must be left-handed, <laughs> but, right? Um, I do remember noticing because two of my sisters are left-handed, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, so we our two and a half year old definitely seems like she's a lefty. Jen, you you've a lefty too, right?
2: My daughter is a lefty, also. Yeah, <laughs> I have our, I have one of four that's lefty, and I say our grandfather was a lefty, and I'm ambidextrous. like I can use both. I think in school I was forced to use my right, so that's why I'm always I'm like the genetics of left-handed always has fascinated me.
3: <laughs> it is kind of fascinating if you, you would have to assume most of the moms are right-handed and the donors left-handed, and then all of these kids are lefties. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's a lot of um, single moms
0: by choice. This. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's mainly single moms by choice, and then it's um, us, and there's one other lesbian couple, hmm. uh, where they actually both carried as well. So oh, great. Yeah, it's really cool. It, it's definitely um, a different dynamic, I feel like, and I don't, I, women who are, choose to be single moms by choice to me are like these superhero goddesses, because I don't think I could do it <laughs> with all the, all the, craziness of I mean even just the newborn stage like Holly's been so amazing and I just it would be so hard yeah even pregnancy I mean we both had you know my pregnancy was pretty easy but we had some hiccups that were kind of scary and Holly's was tougher and we definitely had some hiccups with it and going through all that without a partner I think would be really hard but you know all these moms out there that are like yep let's do it like I I bow down to you because just, I could do, I could
3: have one on my own. I had two, like, there's like two women who have two. I'm like, Oh dear God, how?
2: <laughs> well, right. You're outnumbered of, at that point.
1: One of my favorite elements of your story is the fact that you both did eventually carry a pregnancy. And I, I think one of the things that was funny for us talking that inspired me to like, have you guys come on was listening. Jen, do you talk for like Oh, now I get it. Like, like when she was complaining or like saying about symptoms or how she was feeling, it's like, Oh, yeah, sure. And I mean, maybe you weren't that harsh, but just like, Oh, no, no. And now to experience it. Um, what was that like to to watch your partner be
0: pregnant and then get to be pregnant on your own? I definitely apologized when I was like I don't know, four months pregnant. I was like, "Oh my god, I was such an a-hole to you," <laughs> because I didn't understand when you were pregnant. I really thought you were overreacting, and now that I'm pregnant, this is the worst. Like, I would <laughs> never wish this on my worst enemy.
1: <laughs> Holly, do you do you accept her apology, or were you and like I, <laughs> yes. I
3: don't her being mean to me at all? But I had a really awful pregnancy, and like the newborn stage, even though it was really actually super rough with our daughter was better than being pregnant. And I got more sleep. So I definitely, definitely would never be pregnant again. So I told Jen, if it like, if she couldn't get pregnant, if it didn't work out, we would just have to have one kid. So we were like prepared for that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. Wow. It was that bad.
3: Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, I think, Ask my coworkers. they <laughs> um, were think, stuck with me every
0: day. Like the idea of being pregnant, you know, my whole life I've been like, it's going to be this great, beautiful experience. And then actually having it happen, I was like, all right. Um, where's this beautiful experience I was expecting? <laughs>
1: uh, oh, what was the experience like? So Jen, like originally during the first pregnancy for Holly, if you would tell people like, oh, I'm expecting and or, oh, I'm having a baby, you know, in a week or something and people look at you. How did you
0: have those conversations? Oh, yeah. No, totally. Because people would give me this this look that was like, "Um, what? You're not pregnant. Hmm. You're not eight months pregnant. Or if I'd be like, hey, I, you know, I'm on maternity leave or whatever. People would be like, you look fantastic for just having a baby. And I would be like, no, no, my wife had the baby. Like I would constantly explain.
3: Yeah. I don't have to explain as much because with COVID, we don't really go anywhere. We don't go, we <laughs> <do it>. <laughs> <laughs> right. We to, like go out, you know, Jen and like Jen already looks like she never had a baby. So
0: yeah. well, we did go to the doctor the other day and we got in the elevator with our son and daughter and um, a woman walked in after us and she looked directly at Holly and said, wow, you look incredible for just having a baby. And there I am standing like three days postpartum, like clearly looking still pregnant. And I was like, Oh,
3: thanks. it's because I was in the car seat. Cause Jen had a C-section and couldn't, you know, carry the car seat.
0: <laughs> but I also like, you know, going through the first time with Holly being pregnant, I feel like a lot of people kind of looked at me like a science experiment. Like they didn't understand Aww. how we could get pregnant and have a baby being two women. And I, find, I found myself ex- having to explain, like, the ins and outs of fertility to, like, coworkers, you know, which I don't yeah. mind doing. But um, I just I, – I definitely felt like this, this science experiment a lot. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm curious how that – what that was like. You're just like, none of your business or, okay, here it goes again. Like, this is how it works. This is yep. what we did.
0: That's exactly it. Like, I would just take them through step by step, you know, and then once people understood, they would, you know – they were so excited and everything, but it's in the initial like your wife is pregnant, or there would always be the follow up of like, oh well, my cousin's gay, so I get it.
3: Mm. I found that people are pretty respectful. Hey. They, oh honey, hey. this is like the most awake he's been in the daytime <laughs> during that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yay, we get to be part of it.
3: <laughs> yeah. um, people would say like, is this okay to ask? You know, but um, maybe just because I'm a nurse and uh, people tend to have sort of a, slightly a better idea in the medical yeah. community like how this would happen right. <laughs> but, right yeah
1: um and were they did they get pretty personal like how did you choose I mean the questions that we're asking of course like um, how did you choose your donor were people asking you those yeah. questions
3: too yeah and I've had a lot of people say oh did you use the same donor or sometimes we'll mm-hmm. say oh does he have the same dad I'm like it's not really play football together or anything. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. We're, I know no. we're not sensitive about no. stuff, but I do mm-hmm. think it's funny. I know they're still
1: really young, but have you guys put a lot of thought into like how that discussion will go as they get older about their birth story of having a donor being carried by, by different, um, different ones of the parents?
3: I guess we haven't really talked about <sighs> it. I don't, I don't even think our daughter realizes she came from me. But yeah. she's very aware that her brother came from Jen and she, you know. Right, because she watched that. <laughs> yeah, and she wasn't even two yet when Jen got pregnant. And she just, like, she really seemed to understand the whole time what was going on. It was more than I was going to give – I wasn't giving her credit for that. I didn't think she would get it.
0: Yeah, and leading up to it – um, so like I have been taking baths with her since she was born. That was like our thing, Mm -hmm. our bonding thing. And so she and I took baths continually and still do, um, throughout my pregnancy. So she would like cuddle my bump and she would hug baby brother, like, cause she would call my bump baby brother. Cause I would say, you know, um, baby brother's kicking or, you know, um, something like that. And so she really got involved and then, um, you know when we uh, when Holly and our daughter came and got me from the hospital with our son, um, I said I said, "Hey, look, this is baby brother," and she just got this huge smile on her face Aww. and looked over, it, and it was just like the cutest thing. Yeah. And how has she been relishing baby
1: brother being home for the last few weeks? For the she's, most yeah, part,
3: she's <laughs> really cute with him, and she really wants to help. Yeah. Which I I don't know if that's like. I don't know if an older brother would be the same way uh, or if but she she loves babies. She loves her dolls. And so I think right now he's a little boring for her though. Like so she's either, like she wants to help or she kind of like sort of acts like he's not there. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, I I did that with Ellen. It's totally okay when she was <laughs> little. I told our parents that I was done. I was bored of this and that they could take her back. So
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah, she did yeah. do that once.
3: <laughs> and I and the baby were all putting our daughter, my daughter, our daughter, not yeah. his daughter, sorry. Um, <laughs> we were putting her to bed, and she was like, told me to take baby brother and leave.
1: Yeah. Because she just wanted to. Like,
3: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think she, she like, we, we really um, tried to include her in everything as much as we could, and I think we were both really upset that with COVID, she couldn't come to the hospital to meet him and we, mm-hmm. um, you know, had to leave her for four days at home with my sister-in-law who was incredible and, and stayed with her um, yeah. the whole time. Um, but, you know, if it hadn't been during COVID, she would have been able to come to the hospital and meet him and really understand the process. But instead we were just like, here you go. All
3: right. We're back and we have something. Well, it was even more awkward than that. Cause um, Jen's sister-in-law could only stay for, was it two nights? that she, she stayed with her for two nights. So on the third day, um, the, the OB on call felt like Jen should stay another night because she uh, still was, like, trying to manage her C-section pain and her milk yeah. was just coming in. So I had to go home and spend the night with our daughter. So we drove to the hospital to pick up Jen and the baby. So she's just sitting in her car seat, and we just put a baby in next to her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hi, the introduction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the car up. Wow.
3: wow. I think she's handled everything really well and she hasn't been at daycare for like two months mm-hmm. since the COVID, and she's had so much change. She can't see her friends. She can't go to the park and she's just been like yeah. really great through all of it.
1: Yeah. That's a lot to go through. Um, so I know COVID and hospital pause has been really rough. Holly, you were able to at least be in the hospital during the birth. Is that
3: right? Yeah. They never, um, I mean, other than we had to wear masks anytime someone was in the room. Otherwise you wouldn't really, it didn't feel any different from when I had our daughter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only difference was oops, uh, the, um, hospital staff basically was dressed as if I had COVID. Um, but I was tested right before and I didn't, I assume I never heard back, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I assume they were, hopefully, 20. hopefully they would tell you if you did. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we all wore masks throughout the C-section. Um,
3: and that, well, they would have done that anyway. Yeah. But, and then I, no one could visit. But one of the nurses told us that um, she feels like women are having a better luck, like with the beginning of their breastfeeding journey when they're not inundated with visitors. So it um, oh. was like kind of a silver lining, but we still felt bad that our daughter couldn't come and our mothers couldn't come because they both live in the area. Right. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but I guess it makes sense because if you have
1: visitors, you might like wait longer than otherwise to try to breastfeed.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: While yeah, and you can just focus. Like that was like the main focus. <laughs> yeah. Well, and
0: um, we weren't expecting this to happen, but my water broke the, the night before. We had wow. a scheduled C-section um for that Tuesday. And that Wednesday night I went to bed and I had just been really stressed out because the next day we were going to actually go to our OB and see if she was gonna say okay it's time to take him out or not because I was having some high blood pressure and she had even said like don't eat breakfast or anything in case you're having a c-section yeah and I was like okay great so I go to bed and I wake up in the middle of the night and I was like all right I'm just gonna run to the bathroom and then all of a sudden like my water broke Uh, and I uh, double check because I was like I'm not just gonna wake up Holly at three and you know two in the morning yeah mm -hmm. (laughs) this is really happening and it was um so I, we called our our incredible neighbor who we had asked like three weeks earlier, like, Hey, in case this happens, like, we don't know, but if it does, could you take me to the hospital? Um, And she said, yes. And I just remember being in. Like the worst contraction pain of my life. And our mm-hmm. incredible neighbor, like just pulling up, and she had this mask on. And I get in the car and I made sure to bring towels with me because, you Uh-oh. know, my water broke and it was everywhere. Right. Your <laughs> neighbor, <laughs> was I amazing. also
2: had broken water and had a friend take me to. I had do the exact same thing. I felt really bad. <laughs> yeah. I
0: brought like two or three towels with me, and I'm sure it's still everywhere. Like, I feel uh-huh. so terrible. Yeah. But, she had a mask on, and I was in so much pain. I forgot, like, I had a mask with me, but I forgot to even put it on. And then I was like, oh, crap, right, okay,
2: we have yeah. to do this.
0: You know, yeah. but. Um, and I had to wait for uh, Jen's sister in law to show up.
3: So we had to call hey. two people in the middle of the night and be like, hey, can you guys come uh, over? Right. So then I grew up separately once, you know, Jen's sister in law got her to stay with our uh-huh. daughter.
1: And, which I always feel this is the situation is so unfair that you went through the contractions and the labor, but then had a C-section. It's like so not a C-section. The we worst of yeah. right? the world, right?
3: You could have had the planned C-section, not have to go through contractions. We really wanted hard. her to. We, yeah. were, we were like so excited to just like, like Jen's sister-in-law was going to come over the night before and then yeah. we were going to go through the bedtime routine. So she knew exactly what we did with my daughter usually. And then we just, yeah, it would have been so much nicer to <laughs> plan it, but
0: yeah. But it was, I I like really wanted to experience contractions um, Mm. and my water breaking because I kind of felt sad that I wasn't laboring. I mean, I could have chosen to if, you know, I felt the calling at 2.30 that morning, but I was like, no, after feeling some of the intense contractions, I was like, and I'm good. Um, (laughs) I I got got got
3: a little taste of it. That's exactly
2: right.
3: (laughs) There was an emergency uh, C-section. Well, there's a woman whose baby was breached and she was laboring at the same time and it was the same Uh, on-call doctor so Jen had to labor for a little bit longer because your situation
0: was less urgent yeah well and I kept being like take her she's an emergency I'll I'll be fine you know oh wow anything to happen to her and her baby because I knew like this wasn't an emergency it was just him coming early
1: yeah we
0: knew he had been head down for weeks like there were so many things I was like this is this will be fine like save her um but it was also of course the one doctor in the practice I've never met I've met every other doctor. I think there's like seven or eight OBs in our practice and I'd met all of them except for this one. And I I just kept like hoping like it was my OB and it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I was just like terrified, you know, because uh, we are just, our OB is incredible. And when Holly was having her C-section, our OB wasn't on call, but she like scrubbed in anyway and Mm -hmm. delivered a baby. And she's just like really been there every single step of the way and calmed every fear that I've had. And I was really hoping it was her, but um, the OB that ended up doing the C-section was also amazing and just made me feel like so at ease and talked me through everything. And I wasn't as scared as, you know, I was when I was like being pushed down the hallway with my water <laughs> everywhere and freaking out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow. Um, one question I was curious about, I'm seeing more and more same-sex couples go through reciprocal IVF.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I
1: think there's kind of obvious reasons why you wouldn't go that path, but I'm just curious if you had thought about it or had thoughts on it. And for those who aren't familiar, the term reciprocal IVF is generally when eggs are retrieved from one person and then you go through IVF to form embryos and the other person is the one who carries the pregnancy. And and I'm seeing more they like like that connection, whereas like genetic for one and the biological birth for the other, obviously like infinitely more expensive and involved than an IUI, which is I presume
3: why you wouldn't necessarily. That go is there. Why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we. I'm sure we would have considered it if. Here's the thing, like, if I hadn't been able, if I, if we had done like three or four IUIs or five or six, I don't even know how. We probably only would have done like three or four for me um and then our plan was always just to move on to Jen so our plan was never like for me to have IVF because while I'm glad I experienced sort of glad I experienced because it got our daughter here but pregnancy and all of that um I was never like oh I have to be pregnant I always was like I have to have kids so you know, I would have if I died without children, I would have really felt like I was missing something. But I didn't need to be pregnant. I just I went first because hey. I'm older, as previously mentioned. And then uh, Jen didn't feel ready; like she felt ready to have a kid, but she didn't want
0: to. I wasn't ready to be pregnant.
3: Yeah, yet. she wanted to wait a few yeah. years, and I was like, we got to have kids. <laughs> I'm getting old, so yeah. Um, I suppose if IVF had been a thing we thought about doing, then we would have thought about doing reciprocal IVF maybe. Yeah. But also because we both carried, then we each have a biological child and they're half siblings biologically yeah. with each other. So I think it all worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah. right. Because we we were both willing to carry, there wasn't so much like, a okay, then we'll just move on to IVF mm-hmm. because I have a uterus that I was willing to right. you know, get pregnant. We might as well try it. If mm-hmm. it out for Holly, but Holly actually got pregnant the first try, and typically mm-hmm. it takes like, three to four IUIs oh, to yeah. get pregnant. Um, so they basically call her like a unicorn pregnancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and her, and her, like, for more <laughs> reasons than just that. Oh. Yeah.
2: oh, I have it. Sorry, hold on. So so Holly, how many times did it take you then? Since you said... I'm sorry, not Holly, Jen. How many times did it take you since Holly got um, uh, the first I- IUI? <laughs> On the second okay. try, that's really still not
0: bad.
3: bad. The first one Jen did was unmedicated because um, I don't know. You had just you had, had so you follicles. had so many follicles. They were worried about multiples. I think was oh, the okay. official line. But then when the first, I mean, the, the I don't think the odds of an unmedicated IUI are very good, <laughs> even though Jen was young and all her labs were great. Um, so the second time we were just like, okay, can we? throw some medication on this one because it's, it's not like crazy expensive, but it's expensive enough that you're like, let's make every try count. Mm -hmm. So Jen, I'm sorry that you
1: don't get to be called a unicorn. Also,
3: (laughs) 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 Semi-unicorn.
1: No, No, I mean two, two is amazing. That's, I mean, so many people go through so many tries and have to go to to IVF. I'm
3: sorry. This baby is like cluster
0: feeding. Yeah. you. Uh, before like our, on our two week appointment with our um, pediatrician, I was like, is this normal? He wants to eat every hour. She's like, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I thought just woke up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nonstop. Well, I was hoping
1: to sink in a couple more questions, but we'll we'll wrap it up soon. But I was wondering, so if you had, I'm sure you actually have this, but for friends who might start going through this process, what was it that surprised you or that you might want to tell someone like, hey, this was not what I expected or watch out for this? In terms of IUI or just in general? Um, I mean, I feel like there's so many aspects that are like available as an option for this, but like, yeah, going, choosing a sperm donor, going to clinics, um, watching each other go through pregnancies, any of that that may have been a surprise. or
3: Something I would recommend that we didn't do if, if possible. Oh, sorry. Um, so angry. So are you just going to walk around a little? Yeah. Um, I think our cryobank has an option to, like some of the donors have a, more extensive genetic screening than others. And ours wasn't one of those. So he was screened for like the basics, like the big ones. Um, But the more obscure genetic diseases, he wasn't tested for. So then because Jen is Ashkenazi Jewish, she had like a full panel done and she found out she's a carrier um, for a particular disease that if the donor were were also a carrier, the baby would have a one in four shot of having the disease. But because we don't know if he's the carrier, we had to have the baby tested at birth. It has to get sent out to the Mayo Clinic. We're still waiting to hear back. (laughs) So if we we just knew if he were a carrier and the odds are he's not because he's not Jewish, then we wouldn't have had to put our kid through this. So if that's possible, I'd recommend that, especially if you're Jewish. (laughs) Um, What
0: else? Uh, I don't know. I guess for, for me, when Holly um, was in the hospital giving birth to our daughter, everyone kept coming in and asking where the father was. And I, they kept being like, Where's dad? And I kept being like, Hey, I'm Jen. <laughs> like, uh, but nobody did that to me, not a single time.
3: Well, when I was <laughs> there with Two and a half years, I guess, <laughs> is a
0: lot for progress. Um, but mm-hmm. they, it happened to me over and over and over and over.
3: You know again. why I bet it happened to you is because when I had our daughter, you could still have visitors. So they probably yeah. thought you were, like, my sister coming to stay with me. But with us, it was clear, like, I was her support person, which I guess still could be your sister. But people got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. And maybe it's just progress in two
1: years, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and when, when you had had our daughter, um, I think we, they said to us, like, we were one of two lesbian couples to have a baby um, at Rose Medical Center in Denver in, like, five years or something. And now wow. it's more common than that.
1: Yeah, that's surprising that that low, just given what a big hospital they are.
3: Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember a lot about um, having our daughter. Fair
1: enough. Because I don't remember
0: a lot about having our son. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you may not even remember this interview, thanks to uh, lack of sleep and being two weeks out. So there's that as well. It's, uh, if, but, it's
0: true. We might forget.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if nothing else, you can go back and listen and hear how you were two weeks out from birth and be like three oh, weeks. Three weeks, out. three weeks. Okay, three weeks <laughs> out. That extra week worked Right? <laughs> well, we are incredibly appreciative that you would be willing to do this so soon after birth and while on maternity leave and take that time out of um, these precious moments to to share your story.
0: Oh, sure. It's it's really cool to be able to share it because I think for us, like when we started this process, we actually asked a friend of mine who um, I know that uh, he and his wife went through um, the same situation um, and we didn't really know how to start. And so he kind of gave us guidance. And then like without that, we wouldn't have turned to like, a clinic or anything like that, and so when people ask, you know, us, I think we're really willing to share because there's so many people out there um, that want to try and have a family and they don't know where to start.
1: Yeah, so yeah. we'll just start giving out your email address as um, free consultants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: At
1: the very least, they can listen to this podcast.
3: And I kind of feel bad because we're really lucky. Like we both wanted to carry, we're both able to carry, and we both got pregnant really easily. Yeah, so we have all these gay male friends who want to have kids and it is just exponentially more difficult for them. So we've had a pretty easy path. I'm not sure what we could say to make it easier for other people.
0: Yeah. But. We're very lucky and we're very lucky to have our children. And, um, you know, our, our friend who works at the reproductive uh, clinic that we both got pregnant at actually got me physically pregnant. She did my IUI. <laughs> she was like this you know, angel, <laughs> angel for us, because had we never called her and had that conversation three years ago, we wouldn't have either of our children.
1: Yeah. That's so funny. That, that, that way of thinking of it, that she got me pregnant. Cause yeah. she did, yeah, did the IUI.
0: Yeah. I mean, she said to me once, I've gotten more women pregnant than my husband has. And I was like, well, I would <laughs> hope so.
1: <laughs> right. Right. That is hilarious. Oh. Well, thank you guys so much again. Thank you guys, too. Yeah, we really, we really
0: appreciate, you know, being able to tell our story. And I hope it helps, you know, other couples out there that are looking to do the same thing, because just because you have to go through fertility does not make your family any less a family.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I would just tell anyone to just make that first appointment Mm -hmm. and just talk about it and see, see where you're at. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. And what your options are. And they're out there. And in 2022, um, Colorado will require insurance to help cover fertility services and fertility treatment. Oh, so we just there's that them?
0: too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Sorry. I well, mean, okay, our insurance covered uh, parts for you. Mean, For you, I was going to say that. Um, our insurance, we have Anthem, Blue Cross, and, and when Holly was going through treatments, they actually covered like 75% more of testing and, and blood draws and all sorts of things than they did for me. Just two and a half years later, they changed their guidelines or whatever, um, and so things that we had kind of assumed would be covered this time around weren't. And so it will be nice for other couples in in two years to be able to, you know, have have that coverage because it, it does definitely um, it definitely adds up.
1: Right. Right. And now people don't have to work for Starbucks to get fertility
3: coverage well, our Yay. daughter fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I mean IUI is really not that bad as long as you don't have to do 10 of them uh, like price wise but we basically we really couldn't have afforded IVF anyway so no. it, wow. this, these were kind of our options was IUI with me or IUI with Jen yeah
1: well out of curiosity, I'm sorry. You know, all the rude questions people want to ask you. Do you still have um, cryopreserved sperm?
0: Yeah. We do. We have three vials?
3: Yeah, because we bought three for me, and then I only used one, right? And then we got three – or no, we got two more for you.
0: Yeah. And, and you used two. I used two. So two, two left. Um, but that's also kind of something I didn't um, – that brings up something I didn't realize until we were buying our second round of sperm. So our donor doesn't donate anymore. And we knew that, um, when we bought the sperm for Holly. And so, um, we were like, okay, well we have like at the time, um, for me, we were like, okay, we have one vial left or two vials. We need to get like two more just in case. Um, and we were nervous that if we didn't, you know, buy it right now, there'd be no more sperm left, but the cryobank um, actually holds vials back for siblings. So we have a confirmed pregnancy with the MVL um hold a couple of hours back. So we were able to get more and then now Nana- Oh,
1: specifically because you already had a child through yeah. this donor. Oh yeah.
0: Yes. But we didn't
1: know
3: that. Yeah, I don't really yeah. know. Like we could we could donate because 'cause we're part of that dibbling group, you know. <laughs> if yeah. somebody needed the sperm, we wanted to make sure Jen's like we wanted our baby to be here <laughs> before doing mm-hmm. uh, anything with the sperm.
0: And Holly has I think changed her mind, but, uh, like when I was eight months pregnant was trying to convince me to have a third and I was like, you're out of your mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was the other question that I try ever to ask for like, cause it's such a hard, a hard under like, yes, no. Okay. We're done. No. I always, um, really admire people who are just like very set and certain and understand like, this is what we want. This is how many kids
3: now that we're oops. now that we're, um, Oops, sorry. Sorry. No, We're sorry. going through the newborn stage again. I don't want to do it. Ever again. A third time. I'm going to do it when I'm 40 because I'm 37 now. And then mm-hmm. Jen would have to carry again because I because of complications with my pregnancy. I, I can't mm-hmm. – it wouldn't be safe for me to be pregnant again. So I'd be forced – like you'd have to have the baby. And, and it's
0: my idea. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like I even came out of the C-section and was like, that wasn't so bad. I could, I could you know, 10 out of 10, do that again. No problem. Uh-huh. But – I was really miserable in my first trimester and in my third trimester and I like the second trimester I was like golden everything was fine mm-hmm. and I, I said to Holly like oh I could totally get pregnant for all of our gay male friends that want kids and she <sighs> was like uh-huh okay and then uh-huh. she called and reminds me that I said that and I was like no no I can't I that was like <laughs> this one day I felt really good and was like maybe I should help out everyone that we know oh. they're uterus and they need that <laughs> You probably shouldn't have had a C-section if you're planning on having like five more kids for <laughs> <laughs> various
3: gay friends. They, That's true. Well, you can have a couple C sections, you can
1: have one or two C-sections and still be a surrogate. So it's still an option, possibly. Yeah,
3: but Jen's was like
0: kind of an elective C-section. Yeah. So she
3: could have she could have done it vaginally.
0: We just yeah. thought he was measuring like in the 98th percentile, the in, my entire pregnancy. And they basically were like, he's gonna be a really large baby. And then when I went into um, when my when I went to labor and my water broke, I remember it was like four in the morning, and the nurse who brought me back said, "Like, you know, your baby might not be that big because you have so much amniotic fluid. Like, I haven't seen uh, this fluid before."
2: And wow. I was like, well, that's
0: terrifying, but also, <laughs> like, they she's like, "That's that could be why he's been measuring so big because there's yeah. so much excess fluid." And I was like, "Hmm, okay." And then he came out and he was seven pounds. 13 ounces and we, we did really thought he was going to be like a 10 pound baby. So, Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's
3: maybe been a nine pound baby if he made it to have 40 weeks, but yeah. yeah. All right.
1: Um, yeah. I feel like that's probably good. You're like, oh good. It's not oversized baby just in case I deliver vaginally.
0: Yeah. I just, um, a lot of our friends have, have labored for like three or four days and then have had to have an the emergency C-section, yeah. and I just wanted to avoid that. I was like, I will labor or I'll have a C-section, but I'm not doing both. I just can't yeah. put my body through that. Um, and then you did both, <laughs> and then, and, but the I mean, I only labored for like I don't know four hours or something, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, I got lucky because I knew, like, I actually at one point was like, okay, can we do an epidural here? Like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be waiting for this, you know, C-section. And they were like, you could, but we're probably going to take you back in half an hour. I was like, okay, great. No problem. Oh, wow. (laughs) So they
1: didn't do the epidural. You just suffered through and then they
0: went they did Yeah, they did a spinal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But... I mean yeah, I was so terrified to go into the C section and it was like this big fixation for me because I've never had ma- major surgery. I've never mm-hmm. gone through anything like that. And then while it was happening, Holly and I were literally just sitting there having a normal conversation like we were out to have like a glass of wine or something. <laughs> wow. And because, you know, I'd been through it with her and so mm-hmm. I knew what to expect in that regard, like, you know, the the OR and everything, but I wanted to just take as much of my mind off of it as possible. Yeah. You know? And it just wasn't that bad. I just think I thought it was going to be this terrible, terrible experience. And it, like, all in all, wasn't that bad. And then I got to meet my baby after. So.
1: Uh, do you remember, like, what you chatted about during it? Did you, like, purposely talk, uh, you know, yeah, sports or whatever it was? Favorite TV we show. were
0: talking about Polis um, <sighs> saying that, we watch his addresses, like, every day. We were talking about him saying... um, and that's, that's Colorado's a, governor for any no, Colorado yeah. listeners. Yeah, we um, were talking about him saying whether or not he was going to open up um, like the mountains and, and whether mm. or not. Oh, I mountains. do remember that now. Yeah, I was like, "This
3: is all, like they're all like working around us. Yeah, <laughs> we're just like sitting yeah. here having this conversation."
0: Yeah,
1: and they didn't like chime in. Like, oh no, I heard this. <gasps>
3: uh, I think the Sierra yeah. was chiming in every once in a while. One was <laughs> telling us about his kids and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nice. Well, um, again, you
1: guys have an absolutely beautiful story and I do feel so happy that you guys were lucky that everything went very smoothly and that you have two beautiful children now and that you were able to, to take the time during this precious moment to, to share. So
3: thank you. One time we'll get sleep again. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We'll sleep again. But as of now we are surviving on Coca-Cola and coffee and like, like naps every once in a while. Thank you to Jen and Holly for
1: sharing their sweet family story with us. We we appreciate that and hope it makes others who might be in a similar situation um, see that they're not alone.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not being alone, we like to talk about that, you know, because that's the whole point here, right, is to make everybody, but but sometimes we need some love too. make us not feel alone. <laughs> We're Make, always make our, happy to our, our reviews
1: me. not feel alone. Is <laughs> I know,
2: right? Um, we are always happy to receive iTunes reviews or emails through our comment form on our website, or even phone messages. Our number is 303 Nine nine seven one nine zero three, and we love to hear from people. So, as always, a huge, huge thank you to our team that makes us look and sound incredible. Uh, to Amanda, to Tyler, to Lexi, and of course to Chris at Workitbird Studios, who makes us sound. We we hope at least adequately good he right? does he does the best he can with <laughs> yeah. what he's given Let's just I, mean, say I was gonna say <laughs> it's not a statement about him it's a statement about the what he has to work with so thank you all and especially thank you to you all for listening we really appreciate it